Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You know, you want to lose 90 pounds? Here, take this pill. You can eat anything you want. Just take it. In one week, come back, you lose 90 pounds. Wow, where do I order it? Is it a 1-800 number? It doesn't work, does it? Well, this is what it's saying. Don't kid yourself. Oh, some of you come looking for a quick fix. Sorry, there are no quick fixes. But there is absolute fix if you'll hear the word and obey it. I can guarantee it. If you love an epic love story or a fairy tale ending, you're in good company. Our culture thrives on tales of soulmates uniting, living happily ever after. It may seem harmless, but it's actually a dangerous message to send to couples who come to expect smooth sailing and happiness over a lifetime. It's an immense burden to place on another person that they should be responsible to fulfill all your wants, needs, and expectations. That spiritual yearning is one that only God can fill. He can complete the bonds of that marital union. Who could understand the nature of marriage better than the creator of it? Keep him as the head, and that will be a solid foundation. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 21, with part 2 of our message entitled, Building a Successful Marriage. If you want to picture Adam, we can picture Adam very interesting. And Adam is sitting here after he's been created, and he's on his front porch. And he's thinking, well, what am I going to do now? I'm here in this beautiful garden, got a nice house. It's cool. So he's bored. So God starts sending animals by. A, anteater. B, beaver. C, cat. D, dog. E, elephant, whatever. And as he's going by, by the way, he had no laptop, just no book, how to name animals, just naming them. As they go by, it's Mr. and Mrs. Anteater, Mr. and Mrs. Cat, Mr. and Mrs. Dog, Mr. and Mrs. Elephant. Adam goes, Mr. Adam, I'm missing something here. Uh, uh, God, uh, all these have partners. It's me, Adam. God looks down and he goes, Adam, you're alone, aren't you? And I said, I am alone. Now remember, Adam had God, but he had no human counterpart. So we see in that there's another creative act coming. God says it's not good. I will make a helper suitable for him. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man, and he brought her to man. You see, God would provide a helper. Not a servant, 
Not somebody less than man, but a partner. Someone to complement man. Someone to complete man. Someone that would be the same as Adam and yet make him full. Remember, before Adam had a wife, loneliness ruled. So one of the things, and we'll talk about it more toward the end of our teaching, that you need to understand is that marriage was designed to put an end to loneliness. Now you have to look at your own situation and say, is that happening? Is it really happening? Is, is there an end to loneliness? So you can imagine this basic building block of all society is marriage. This is what God's going to do. So what this scripture said basically is that Adam was in his house and he's laying on the king-sized bed by himself and God brought an anesthesiologist in and put him to sleep and this is the first HMO in the Bible and God came in, did a little surgery and Adam woke up and you know had this little twinge over here and Notice it was a little funny, and that, as you, when you come out of anesthesia, you're always a little like, whatever. And he's laying in this king-size bed, you know, and he says, you know, there's something on the other side over here. And he looks over and he goes, you know, am, anesthesia, am I, isn't it right here? And somebody looks like me over there. She looks just like me. Wow. And then he looks again and he goes, well, she's not exactly like me. <laughs> and he goes, wow, way to go, God. Fantastic. This is going to be a great day. There's a few things that are not there, and there's a few things that are there. there there's some differences. And we have Adam, and we have Eve. And this house becomes a home. And this home is created by God, which is called marriage, to be the foundation for all society. Don't forget that. This is the foundation for all society. There's no church. There's no church. There's no police. There's no government. There's no schools. There's just a home. That's the foundation. Now, I like my version better than Moses's, but I'll read it to you in verse 23. It says, The man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Now, don't you like mine better than Moses? Yeah, whatever. So we're going to talk about five areas of commitment that make a successful marriage. A successful marriage will be defined as this, living marriage, God's way. Living marriage, God's way. The first one this morning is this, committed to God and his plan. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 127, verse 1. 127, verse 1. This principle that we're about to read is so important because it is a foundation that lasts for all time. Psalm 127, verse 1, and it says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. So what that means, it applies in all of our lives, it applies for all time, it applies for me as an individual, it applies for this church, it applies for marriages. 
If God is going to build this church, then he has to build it his way. We can get out and hype it and try to advertise and do all these kind of things, and that's okay with some of those things. But God builds the church if people are doing it his way. He just sends people. Acts chapter 2 says, and daily he just added to the church because the people were doing the right things. In your life, it's the same way. In marriage, it's the same way. Now, what this really means is this. Marriage is not a twosome. It's a threesome. Always in marriage, you include God. And as the Lord builds the house, those that build it labor, how? In vain. It's useless. It will not be accomplished. So in your marriage, your marriage, any marriage is a threesome. Many people don't realize that, don't operate that way, but it doesn't change the truth. Now, there's two areas of your life that when you were created that were left incomplete. The first area, as we've just seen this morning, is unless you have the gift of celibacy, which is talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But unless you were created to be celibate, some people are, and that's God's gift to them, you will be lonely in your life, missing, incomplete in your life, until a spouse comes into your life. God created marriage to offset loneliness. Now, some of you have been married and divorced, and maybe you'll never get married again. Well, you had that opportunity, and maybe God won't bring you somebody, or you're older, and maybe your husband or wife passed away, and wherever you're at, that's fine. Because God, see, for the person that's celibate, and for those other persons after those situations, God comes in and completes them. Do you understand? He completes them in all their ways. So, unless you do that, that, that first area will be incomplete in your life. You won't be fulfilled. So those of us who are married, we, we filled that empty spot. We have this companion. We have this place in our life that has been filled. Now, there's another place in your life. And that place is a place where not to be committed to a, to a marriage, to a spouse, but it's to be committed to God as your personal Savior. You see, when you were created, you were created with a vacuum in your heart that only God fits. Now the world tries to fit everything else in there. New cars, new boats, new home, pool, relationships, money, job, buildings, own business, whatever. We, we chunk them all in there and we believe it's going to help that empty spot. It will never fill that empty spot. Now let me share something with you. Because you're married doesn't mean that your spouse will fill every need that you have. That's impossible. See, people look for that. They're empty as singles, and they want to get married because this person is going to fulfill every one of their needs. That will never unrealistic expectation. Because there's some things that only God can fill, and that's the spiritual part. Your spouse can't do that. We'll never do that. You will always be unfulfilled. Some of you here, and you want your marriage to be good. That's commendable. But it won't be good unless you have the first thing done first, and that's have Jesus Christ as the head of your house and your home. Until you do that, doesn't matter what else you do. Both of those things have to happen. Now, you cannot take God, who is the designer of marriage, out of the equation and expect your marriage to work. Cannot happen. Won't happen. I have this great piece. I have two pieces of exercise equipment now since my heart surgery. First is a Schwinn bike. It's an Airdyne. It's wonderful. That gets the aerobic part. And the other part is... I'm going to be this guy with huge... No, I'm not really. I'm just... I'm going to be in shape. It's called the Total Gym. Some of you may have seen it on TV. It's terrific. 
Well, I ordered it, and the video was a little, a little other part that holds the uh, instruction thing up there that was missing. So I got on the phone, and I called uh, Allied Discount Tires and asked him to send me a new video and, and the new uh, part. Does that sound right to you? Sound a little strange, doesn't it? Discount tires? No, I actually went and uh, walked down to uh, Ford Motor Company and said, I'm missing the video for the Total Gym. Would you send me that? Does that sound right? Uh, how about if I call Betty Crocker? No. I had to call who to get the machine fixed? Total Gym. Total Gym made it. Here's what we find in our world today. Literally, we have thousands of books on marriage. Go to the bookstore. Go to the Christian bookstore. Go on the internet. Literally thousands of books on marriage. Many of them very good. They're fine. There's some I recommend. We have literally hundreds of thousands of counselors. We have Christian counselors that come to this body. They're good. They're needed in certain times. But in spite of all the books, in spite of all the counseling, in spite of all the tapes, in spite of all this jazz, we have more divorce in our world today than any other time in history. Why? Turn to Matthew 7. I'll show you. You see, you have to go back to the designer and say, how is this supposed to work? How is this marriage supposed to work? And it's fine to be from Venus and your spouse is from Mars or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. Some of those things are fine. But if they're not biblically based, You're going to just be learning principles. You see, what we need this morning, guys, are not really more principles, more techniques, and that's fine. But unless your heart has changed, nothing will change. It's got to be a heart change. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who came and built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And the foundation of this house, this home, is what? It's on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. So the the establishment is there. Both, Both Christians, both spouses are Christians. They know Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. And notice the winds come, the rains come. The water rises, storms, difficulties, and trials in a Christian life. Is that true? Oh, that's true. It comes, what happens to the house? Solid. It's right there. Now let's read the opposite. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great... Crash. Now notice the differences. In both situations, were there storms and rain and difficulty? Yes. The second group, did they hear the word at all? Take a look at it. What's it say? Some of you shake your heads and say, well, no, they didn't hear the word. Well, again, read verse 26. But everyone who hears these... what? So what's the difference... What's the difference between the first category and the second category? It's obeying. So here's the key. Now, who who are we thinking about? This is very interesting because I believe this is a picture of the church. 
Many of you are here, you're hearing the word and you're obeying, your house is on the rock, we're trying to do the good things, you're doing fine, there's no problem. But many of you are here, you hear the word of God, but you don't obey it. You have tapes, you have notes, you take them home, you listen, you have books, but you just don't obey it. There's no change in your life. And then when the storms come, what happens to your life? Disaster. And you call the office asking for help. Why? And here, here, here's what happens many times. They get, people come, and, and we don't mind counseling. We counsel short-term. We don't do long-term because I don't believe long-term counseling works. I think short-term counseling works. Here's where you should be getting most of your counseling. Right here. You see, what's going to change you is the long-term infusion of the Word of God and obeying it. It's just going to happen. Here's what people say to me. We're having trouble in our marriage. And I say, okay, we work through that. And I say to them, well, when's the last time? Were you there last Sunday when I talked about anger? Or humility. Or, well, no, we haven't been for a few months. And just, Well, how do you expect your life to change? Well, we're looking for five quick ways to change our marriage. See, that's the way of the world, isn't it? You know, you want to lose 90 pounds? Here, take this pill. You can eat anything you want. Just take it. And in one week, come back, you lose 90 pounds. Wow, where do I order it? Is it a 1-800 number? It doesn't work, does it? Well, this is what it's saying. Don't kid yourself. Oh, some of you come looking for a quick fix. Sorry. There are no quick fixes. But there is absolute fix if you'll hear the word and obey it. I can guarantee it. The lives change over and over again. So if you take God out of your formula, you will never have a successful marriage. It will not happen. But if you do hear the word and you listen to it and you obey it, and you work through it, God will change your life. Secondly, committed to each other for life. Let's turn back to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Not only are we to be committed to God, but we're to be committed to each other for life. Now, first of all, God designed marriage to be an exclusive relationship, monogamous. Notice when God created Adam and Eve, that was it. There weren't any more people. When God created Adam and Eve, he didn't sit down and say, well, Adam, in case you get tired of Eve, here's Ellen over here in the corner waiting for you. He didn't say to Eve, well, you know, Adam doesn't do too well. That doorknob he was supposed to fix three months ago and he hasn't fixed it, tired of him. Harry out here is a pretty good guy, and he's just been hanging around and ready. God gave Adam one wife. God provided Eve with one husband. There's only one. That's all there were. When they sat on their front porch, there were no more people. That was it. There wasn't option A, B, C, and D. There was no dating service. That was it. It was it. And that's the way God designed marriage, to be exclusive. Secondly, God designed marriage to be a heterosexual relationship. Notice in verse 6, it says, But at the beginning of creation, in Mark 10, at the beginning of creation, God made them how? Male. And what? And female. When Adam looked over, he went, She's like me, but she's different. I like it. Male and female. When God created Adam, he didn't create Adam and Harry. When God created Eve, he didn't create Eve and Ellen. Each man was to have his own wife, each woman her own husband. Now, homosexuality and lesbianism is a sin. It was a sin in the Old Testament. It was a sin in Jesus' time. 
It's a sin today. It will always be a sin because it is against God's original design. No matter if every single television sitcom portrays it as normal, it is a sin. God hates homosexuality and lesbianism. He loves the people. And that's where you and I need to learn this. We have many people who are confused because the world sets a different standard. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what ABC says. I want to know what God says. And what I'm telling you is what God says. He created man and woman for each other. You can't have two women at the beginning of creation and have children. You cannot have two men at the beginning of creation and have children. He couldn't turn to them and say, multiply and fulfill the earth. Impossible. That ought to make common sense to anybody. But here's where we fail. We look at people at, as homosexual or lesbianism, and we look down on them. While I have anger and bitterness and resentment and pride and all kinds of sin in my life, God looks at sin as sin. So don't be out there knocking people. Just be glad God's grace covers your sin. I'm no better than that person because I'm a sinner saved by grace. So don't be out there in lines doing whatever. Just pray for the people. Stand right for the people. Don't give up your guidelines that come from God, but do it lovingly. Pray for them. Be a light in a dark corner. Number three, God designed marriage to be a permanent relationship. Look at verse 7. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Marriage involves two things. First of all, it's leaving. It's leaving your old relationship with your in-laws. And you're starting, then that word cleaving there, or united in, in the NIV, is a new word, and it means glue or bond. It doesn't mean like, you know, when you get these false teeth, you put this easy grip or whatever up there, and then you eat an apple and your teeth falls out. That's kind of the way most of our marriages are today. It doesn't mean that. It means this stuff like, um, what do you call it, crazy glue. Or you put a dot on your finger, you know, and you're talking to somebody and... You can't get it off, can you? You just can't get it off. Well, that's what we're talking about. That's what the word united or cleave means. It means bonded for life. That's a strange thing, isn't it? You see, marriage, marriage as designed by God, is a covenant, not a contract. Is there any difference? Oh, there's a world of difference. Today, newspaper, Monday. Sign here. And then kiss the bride. It's all about prenuptial agreements. So what it says is this. As you're entering into marriage, treat your marriage. This is what the paper says. This is what the paper says. Treat your marriage. People that don't know what the Bible says. Treat your marriage as a contract. And a contract says basically this. It's an agreement between two parties, a man and a woman, for mutual exchange of good and services. And if any time one of the other partners fails to fulfill that agreement, then it's basically free to dissolve it and it's null and void. That's exactly what this is. In today's message about how to have a successful marriage, we heard about how God designed the covenant to be between a man and a woman with a foundation in the Word and a commitment to following His plan. Pastor Mark described an ad he saw for prenuptial agreements, giving the impression that marriage is a contract 
perhaps temporary, as opposed to a binding covenant, which is God's plan for us. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll explore what happens when a person is only committed to themselves, thinking only of how marriage can serve themselves and not their partners or God's desires. Pastor Mark will also exhort the men to step up and take responsibility for the headship of the household and for both partners to reconnect and recommit to each other and, most importantly, to the Lord. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Mark. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 